Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Hey, everybody. Remember me? You're probably wondering if this is going to be an actual show because it's been so long since I've done one. <laughs> but it is. Welcome, everyone, to the first edition of Markets and Mortgages in 2024. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. I will say this, though. We are going to make some changes to the podcast and the longer-running newsletter. So I do apologize for my absence. I was kind of trying to figure everything out, uh, kind of what I wanted to do. You know, I've been doing it. I mean, I started the newsletter in, in 21, January 21, and then the podcast in May of 21. And I was very sporadic with it. I'm not going to lie. You know, I missed days here and there and months in some cases. But so now I think I finally figured out what is is going to work for this program. And so what I've decided to do is change some aspects of the show and newsletter. The biggest change is going to be focusing on, because for the most part, the show was focusing on all national news. And there's a lot of good other people that do that. And so I was like, you know, I don't really need to add my voice to that category because um, there's already good people to do that. So I've decided what I want to do with this is to focus on, and we're going to have to focus on national news because let's face it, I'm in the mortgage business. I love talking about what is happening with the mortgage industry as well as mortgage rates, how that's going to impact everything. And rates are, of course, uh, decided based on what is happening with national information. There's not like local rates. I mean, there are. <laughs> you know, there's, there, I mean, there are to some extent, but rates are set by what's happening nationally and the national data and what the Fed is deciding they're going to do. And, of course, they're making their decisions on national information. So we have to cover the national stuff. So we got to cover, which we will today, you know, the, the big jobs report that came out last week, as well as, you know, inflation data. We'll be getting that later this week. All that is going to impact mortgage rates. So we have to talk about it. But the big change, I want to also focus on what is happening in the Wilmington, southeastern North Carolina housing market. So I want to talk about local housing data. I want to talk about the local economy. I want to talk about pretty much if there's a story that is happening in southeastern North Carolina, and that is likely to impact the housing market directly or indirectly, I want to talk about it. So that's really what I want to do with the program is really focus on what is happening in southeastern North Carolina, whether that be local news, state news, or national news. And in like weird cases, maybe international news. We do have an international port. So there, there could be international news. But I really want to focus on what's happening with mortgage rates and what's happening with the local housing market. Uh, be Wilmington, you know, whether it's New Hanover County, Pender, or Brunswick County. Um, you know, like I said, there could be issues that are happening at the state level. In fact, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, that's probably the biggest story right now that everyone is going to be talking about 
if they haven't already heard about it, what's going to happen with homeowners insurance. And that decision is going to be made in Raleigh by the insurance commissioner, Mike Causey. And so we're going to talk about it briefly, but this is, so here's one of the things, here's one of the reasons why I want to do this with the program. And I don't want to go too long on this because we do have news to get to, but I want to get guests on the program. I've talked about having people on the show before and I've just never done it because I don't know, lazy or just, I don't know. I haven't done it. And so one of the ways I think that'll make it easier for me to get guests on the program and not all the time, a lot of times still just going to be me. Just me and you hanging out, <laughs> but sometimes, like this insurance issue, I'd like to bring an insurance agent on and talk about what is happening with homeowners insurance and why this is happening. Uh, I want to bring on, when we get you know local data, what is happening with you know home prices, what's happening with inventory, uh, building data, when we get building permit data once a month, it would be nice to get a builder on and say, hey, what's going on with the, the local market? With builders. So that's really what I want to do. I want this show to be kind of anyone who's either, you know, working in the industry in southeastern North Carolina, people that are interested about the industry in southeastern North Carolina. And what I mean by that is anyone who works in real estate, works in the mortgage industry, or, you know, just, just cares about what's happening with the economy in southeastern North Carolina. That's what I want this show to be about. And that's kind of what I want to focus on. Not only the podcast, but also the newsletter and the website, which I have changed for a while there for what, six months maybe? I was using Substack. And that's a great, but by the way, Substack, if you're someone who is a writer and is looking to make money writing, that website is phenomenal. I mean, there's, there's no setup cost unless you want a domain name, but they'll give you a free one. You know, mine was tylercrawley.substack.com. The thing is, is that I'm not trying to make money on this. That's not my goal with this. My goal is not to, you know, build an audience and then have a subscription service. That's what Substack is really kind of all about. And I actually kind of felt guilty because I'm like, Substack's providing me all of this stuff and I'm never planning on monetizing it. So, yeah, and I also didn't like, there, there wasn't a lot you could customize. So I've gone back to a standalone website. I got a new newsletter coming out. Um... Actually, this morning, you're going to be getting it in your inbox if you subscribe. I'm going back to the old format. The reason I'm doing that is because, you know, I want this show to kind of cover what happens, you know, every day in real estate. And then the newsletter is, you know, we'll deal with that, but it also is about what's going to be happening today. Because I think that's kind of what I want to do with the newsletter is focus on what happened yesterday as well as what you need to be looking at what is happening today. So there you go. That's that's what I'm changing with the podcast in 2024. And let's start, like I said, with the big story that's going to be impacting not only southeastern North Carolina, but North Carolina as a whole. And this is already getting national attention. I, I saw Lance Lambert um, of Resi Club tweeting about this. A lot of other people tweeting about this. We've been hearing about homeowners insurance costs skyrocketing in places like Florida and I think Texas has also had some big rate jumps. Well, over the weekend, or I should say on Friday, there was a press release sent out from the Department of Insurance here in North Carolina. Once again, the insurance commissioner, Mike Causey, announcing that the North Carolina Rate Bureau filed a rate filing with the North Carolina Department of Insurance on Wednesday asking for an average statewide increase in homeowners insurance rates of 
Now, the Rate Bureau has asked for the rates to become effective August 1st. So we got some time <laughs> before anything were to happen with this. Uh, anyone who's been renewing their homeowner's insurance knows they've already seen rate increases. Uh, so this is, like I said, talking about future rate increases. This rate filing follows, this is from the, the press release, this rate filing, filing follows the homeowner's insurance rate filing the Department of Insurance received from the North Carolina Rate Bureau in November 2020, where the Rate Bureau requested an overall increase of 24.5%. The filing resulted in a settlement between Commissioner Causey and the Rate Bureau for an overall average rate increase of just under 8%. So here's the thing. We know that 42.2% rate is not going to be the final rate. It's likely and almost 100% guaranteed to be lower than that. But it is a big number. And so even if, I mean, we looked at 24.5% and they renegotiated down to about eight. So we're talking about a third. So even if we're looking at a third, we're still looking at something close to 15%, which is going to be a big hit. But here's the real scary part, especially for South, Southeastern North Carolina. If you look at the table that they put out with the press release, it looks at Southeastern North Carolina and the coastal areas So the average rate, the 42.2%, that's the average rate for all of North Carolina. The coastal areas are going to see, they're asking for a 99.4% increase. So basically 100%. That's what they're asking for. 99.4%. Brunswick, Carteret, New Hanover, Onslow, and Pender counties. We're the highest by far. <laughs> I mean, no one's no one's even close. No one's even close. We're 99.4. So let's say that they negotiate once again that one third. We'll take that as our example. We're looking at a 30%, 33% increase. Assuming that's what Mike Causey is able to negotiate. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. This is going to open up negotiations. Like I said, it's not going to be 100% in southeastern North Carolina. It's not going to be 42% on average for all of North Carolina. It's going to be less, but how much less? And the fact that that number is so large to begin with means that we are going to see a substantial increase. And that is undoubtedly going to have an impact on home prices. No, I mean, and not just, you know, Wrightsville Beach or, you know, Topsail Beach or whatever, any of the beaches. I mean, we're talking about Wilmington. We're talking about Leland. We're talking about places uh, all across southeastern North Carolina that fall into these categories. Because if all of a sudden, you know, homeowners insurance increases by 50, 60 percent, I mean, that's going to impact people's ability to afford a home. So here we are for the last year We've been focusing on the increase in mortgage rates, and that's priced people out of the market. Now we have another factor. As rates are starting to fall, we are now going to see homeowners insurance rates increase, which is going to have the same impact. And not as drastic because obviously with, you know, in comparison to the mortgage itself, which is the largest part of the payment, the principal and interest, that's obviously the biggest component. So it's not going to have as drastic of an impact as going from 3% rates to, you know, almost 8. But it's going to have an impact <laughs> if we see homeowners insurance increase by possibly in this area 30, 40, 
So this is an issue that we are going to be discussing moving forward. This was the first step. Once again, my goal, you know, my goal actually is not just bring on one. I'd like to bring on other, you know, more than one insurance agent, get a lot of people's take on this issue. So that's sort of my goal looking forward. Um, but yeah, uh, beach areas. Oh, you know what? I, I should clarify something. So beach areas in Brunswick, Carteret, New Hanover, Onslow, Pender, 99.4. Easter coastal areas of Brunswick, Carteret, New Hanover, Onslow, and Pender counties, uh, in certain zip codes, you're looking at 71.4. <laughs> if that's you know, any consolation, <laughs> like, oh, it's only going to go up 71%. Or we'll use our third kind of theory on this and say, oh, it's only going to go up 20% or something along those lines. Uh, it's going to have an impact. There's no doubt. And it's likely to also have an impact on who can afford a house. Now, if rates fall, that might help people who, let's say right now, just qualify and then mortgage rates fall and then their insurance rates go up. So now they're back to kind of where they were. <laughs> so they didn't really gain. Uh, but they didn't lose either. So we're going to keep an eye on the story. Like I said, I want to bring people on to talk about this, kind of get their take on why it's happening because we're gonna we're gonna have a while i mean we're gonna have a while for this negotiation to take place they're gonna be throwing out numbers cause he's gonna come back and go nope nope we're gonna do this and then they're gonna reach a negotiation they did it recently with car insurance where they wanted to increase rates by 28 percent, and he got them and he was like we're i think it was four and a half about five percent so you know i mean it's it's, it's always a lot less than what they're proposing but once again, the fact that they're proposing this giant number, 100% in the beach areas, be prepared for that number to increase. So we're going to keep an eye on that. We're going to get people on the show who know a lot more than me. I know very, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about insurance. I mean, I know what policies you need in order to qualify for a mortgage, but how these numbers are determined and all of that, I do not know. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get some insurance agents on, or, you know what? Maybe we'll reach out to the commissioner's office, see if we can get someone on from the commissioner's office to talk about this issue. So nothing's been settled. They're not increasing by hundred percent. They're not increasing by 40% statewide, but we are going to see an increase and it is likely to be, uh, we're going to feel it. We're going to feel it. There's no doubt about that. All right. Um, we got some economic data on Friday. One of the biggest reports that we get every single month, non-farm payroll, the big monthly jobs reports, and leading up to the jobs report, you know, it's jobs week. We get, you know, job openings. We get private payrolls. We get jobless claims. And everything seemed to be signaling that we were going to be getting a hotter report than expected. And lo and behold, Friday morning, 8.30 a.m., we get a pretty hot report to end 2023. Total non-farm payroll increased by 216000 in December that was up from the 173,000 that we saw in November and was the highest monthly increase since September. The unemployment rate held at 3.7% for the second straight month. Now the increase, where were the increases? Uh, government was the big number. It was actually mostly local government. Um, I think local and state, federal, we didn't see a huge increase, but we saw 52,000 new jobs created in government in December, uh, like I said, with local government adding 37,000 
versus federal government creating about 7,000. Leisure and hospitality took the number two spot with 40,000 new jobs, followed by healthcare up 38,000, social assistance up 28,000 or 21,000, excuse me. And then good news for housing, construction added 17,000 jobs in December. That's good news because that means people are thinking, you know, they're seeing what's happened with rates. Spring buying season's coming up. They're getting ready for some building to happen. That's that's good news. Uh, and then on the flip side, I think the only industry that shed any jobs in December was transportation and warehousing. They lost about 23,000 jobs in December. So, a pretty hot report. Um, expectations were, I think, for... It's weird. I, did I not put that in, in my article i guess i didn't (laughs) usually i put what the i think the expectations were around let me look that up actually real quick here because that's important that's an important number um i think they were around now i can't even (laughs) figure out how to look up what the expectations were i want to say they were around like 170 or 160 let's see here before um i start just saying dumb things uh 170 they were expecting 170. So this is a pretty big beat. Um, 40,000 more than they were expecting to end 2023. And no, it was crazy was watching the 10 year because the 10 year, I mean, the report comes out. I'm like, oh no, you see it starts spiking. It goes, I mean, I think at one point it was up like 12 basis points, the yield. And then it collapsed below where it opened. And then ended, um, I think, up about five or six points, if I remember correctly. Let me look real quick and just remind you where the 10-year was at close on Friday, if the internet will work for me. (laughs) You would think. Uh, Let's see. Where was the 10-year? Yeah, it's over 4%. 4 4.05%. What's crazy, though, is that, I mean, it was like at 4.1, a little bit over 4.1, and then it dropped under 4. <laughs> then it settled kind of somewhere in the middle, up about 4.05. I mean, it's crazy. We bottomed at the end of December. The 10-year got down to about 3.78, I think, and it's kind of been on its way up. And, yeah, I mean, when that report came out, I went, oh, crap. Because <laughs> rates have been trending upward to start the year. And I went, uh-oh, here we go. But here's the good news. Okay, the good news is wages are continuing to outpace inflation. They didn't do so for like two years during the crazy inflation times. Uh, but now they are outpacing inflation. Average hourly earnings for all employees on private non-farm payroll were up 0.4% from the previous month, or month, which uh, ties the biggest increase that we've seen all year. It happened five times. Uh, and prices are projected to rise 0.2% in December. So that will outpace inflation for the month. Average hourly earnings are now up 4.1% year over year. And the projected CPI, we'll get later this week, is to show prices up 3.2%. So wages are almost outpacing inflation by about one percentage point. So not bad. Little relief to some people, though. We're talking about 1%. Uh, There were some revisions. October was revised downward, 45,000 to 105,000. And November was also revised downward 
26,000 to 173. But here's the thing. If the labor market continues to remain hot, everyone who's pricing in four rate cuts, that's not going to happen. And I'll tell you something, you know, a lot of people just assume, oh man, we're, we're going to get the rate cuts. We've got an election coming up. I understand that things get political. There's going to be pressure on Powell to lower rates. I'm a big Powell fan. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it until he does something that makes me not be a fan of his. Uh, he is someone who has resisted political pressure in the past. When Donald Trump was president, he wanted him not to raise rates and Powell did. And so I am not someone who believes that Powell is going to lower rates solely to help Joe Biden. He's going to lower rates based on the data. The data supports it. He's going to do it. And right now the data does not support it. If we see CPI rise to 3.2%, we have a hot labor market. He is not lowering rates. I do not care how much pressure they try and put on him. I don't think it's going to happen. I could be wrong. I have been wrong many a times in my life. Uh, but Powell, to me, is someone who I think cares more about his legacy than any immediate political gain from you know helping the Biden administration or Democrats. Remember, he's a Republican. He was appointed by Trump. So he's a Republican. And I just don't see any scenario. I mean, right now, he could leave his position as one of the most important Fed chairs in the last, like, 100 years. Uh, you know, people talk about Volcker. I mean, sure. What, I mean, what Volcker did was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, but he's going to do what Volcker did possibly by lowering inflation as well as avoiding a potential economic collapsing catastrophe with COVID. So he successfully got us through COVID and then got us out of inflation. That is a legacy that, if, you know, if I'm in him, his head, that's what I care more about. And ruining that, by lowering rates and causing inflation to go back up and causing problems, I don't know. He does not seem like the person that's going to do that. But we will see. We will see uh, what happens. All right. We got. We actually have a lot going on this week. Usually sometimes after jobs week, we have kind of a boring week. Uh, that is not the case this week. Uh, we're going to kick things off this morning. We have the ICE Mortgage Monitor Report. That'll be out looking at home prices nationally as well as what's happening with uh, mortgage originations. Then at 10 o'clock, we're going to be getting from the New York Fed consumer inflation expectations. It hit a two-year low last month. And so we'll see if the data is still there. It's supposed to show consumer inflation expectations falling to 3.3% to close out 2023. Then at 3 o'clock, this is always an important number, consumer credit Expected to rise $9 billion. Not surprising. Holidays, all that good stuff that we're going to see, you know, credit card usage and, and other type of loans increase by $9 million to close out the year. And then locally, uh, New Hanover County Commission will be meeting at 4 o'clock on Monday. On Tuesday, trade deficit data. The, the trade deficit is supposed to rise $65 billion in November. Then at 9 o'clock, we'll get the CoreLogic Home Price Index uh, also, potentially, we'll get some local real estate data from Realtor.com looking at the Wilmington metro area. And then also some local data, Wilmington City Council will be meeting at 6.30 on Tuesday. Wednesday, there's like nothing going on. All we're going to be getting is mortgage demand and rates. 
<laughs> from the prior week. And then Thursday is probably the biggest day for mortgage rates. We get the big, the always important consumer price index. Uh, it's expected to show prices rising. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, prices rising 0.2% month over month. And the annual rate is supposed to increase slightly to 3.2%. The good news is that core uh, prices are expected to rise 0.2% as well, but that's actually going to slow the annual rate under 4% to 3.8% to close out 2023. Uh, also on Thursday, as always, we'll get initial jobless claims. They're expected to rise to 210,000. We'll also get mortgage rate data, uh, monthly U.S. budget, see what the deficit is <laughs> for i think it's december uh and then at 8 30 at night china's inflation rate is expected to fall negative 0.7 percent year over year so they are deflation over in china and then friday we'll get some international data uh the, uh, the gdp from i almost said london <laughs> england <laughs> uh expected to show some a positive move in november which is a, a increase from the negative move that we saw in October. And then producer prices here in the U.S. are expected to have risen by 0.1% with the annual rates rising to 1.3%. So producer prices remaining under the Fed target rate, but it really is about inflation. I mean, we got consumer expectations on inflation. We got China's inflation data. We got consumer prices here in the U.S. and producer prices here in the U.S. So a lot going on with inflation, possibly impacting mortgage rates this week. But welcome, everyone, to 2024. I know it took me a little longer. I, I, I thought about maybe doing one the second or third. I said, nah, let's take the whole week off. We've already taken a month off. What's another week? So, um, Yeah. Good to be here in 2024. Like I said, hopefully you guys will enjoy some of the changes. I mean, I look at the data. The majority of people that listen to the show are in Wilmington. I mean, I do have I do have a good amount of people that listen outside, but I really wanted to do something kind of for the area that I live in. And there's no one really doing it. I mean, there's local data that's out there, but no one really kind of doing a show. And so I thought instead of being one of many, why not be one of one? And so that's... That's the goal with the Markets and Mortgages podcast now to focus on what's happening with national mortgage rates and the local housing market here in southeastern North Carolina. But everything else will remain the same. All the funny stuff. My brilliant, brilliant analysis will stay the same. <laughs> My humor will clearly also remain the same as well. But you guys, enjoy your Monday. We will talk to you Tuesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>